Kia ora koutou, called Briar Tokoingoa. I am from the LUMO team and we're about exploring the big ideas facing the future of energy. This corridor is a critical one to be bringing to the energy conversation and we're lucky to have some key leaders in this space sharing their ideas and expertise with us today, facilitated by none other than Ali Archer. Ellie has been involved in business, industry, government and community development for 26 years with a background in science, geospatial technology, education, infrastructure and emergency management. Ellie now finds herself in varying leadership and governance positions across the region, nationally and globally as well. Her co-papa is centered around collective leadership, which is what we're talking about today. Ellie's also included in inclusion and action, integrated ecosystems, strategic foresight and tactical application. I'm pleased to hand over to Ellie, who will introduce uh, our esteemed guests and friends joining us for this corridor today. Ellie. Namahi nui te ropu o Lumo, kia ora. Namahi nui nga kai korero o Dr. Sina Kota-Tate, Janaura Kiwaka, me li timu timu. Kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa. Whakamaua te korero, whakamaua te wānanga. Whakamaua ki a rangi nui e tui honei. Whakamaua ki a papatua nuku e takotoa ke nei. Whakatina ki te tumu o te maramatanga. Kia tēnā, tēnā. Homie, huie, taikie. Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora to all those who are listening um, to today's kōrero. Um, this kōrero is focused around re-energizing collective leadership. This is the age of converging ecosystems, <clears throat> an unprecedented time in this phase of humanity's journey. As we move from me to we within this convergence, we now look to collective to, to collectivist whakaro and practices like multidimensional thinking, multi-level decision-making, identification of shared direction, modularity in roles. As leaders, we are asked to contend with so many variables, namely exponential uh, technology growth, evolving concepts, personal bias, holistic well-being, climate challenges, cultural concerns, the how of integration, and so much more all culminating in a vortex of mental. All spaces are colliding at a rate of knots and we are required to navigate our way to positive impact and outcome. Today, today's leaders are in fact returning to collective leadership practices to aid in forward movement. Practices that have been proven and utilized by indigenous nations around the globe. Knowing when to lead from the back, side and front has never been a more required skill, especially for those of us who lead in multiple spaces, as we can't be all things to all causes. Knowing how we add value as individuals helps us to build an understanding of how we fit within the ecosystem, the collective, to truly aid in achieving shared purpose, meaning and ultimately shared direction. The leaders who will be sharing their thoughts on collective leadership today embody progressive thinking and practice in this space. And I have high regard and respect for these amazing people. I lead alongside these people and also stand beside behind them, ready and willing to follow. And I am proud to call each and every one of them my friends. 
Lumo and I welcome Dr. Sina Kodatate, Janelle Kiwaka and Lee Timutimu. Please go online and look them up. They are impressive. They are working not only at, at, at that level, they're also working in grassroots initiatives, weaving those things um, and those pathways together. So we are going to start, um, I think, moving around with Kawai O. Um, who am I? Uh, very briefly. <laughs> um, and we will start most definitely with Dr. Sina Kota-Tate. Kia ora, no mai, welcome. Hey, kia ora, Ali. Thank you so much. Uh, kia ora koutou. Uh, ko Sina Kota-Tate. Tōku ingoa. Uh, no tatahi um, My name is Sina. I'm actually Pacifica um, and North Gaelic on my father's side. Um, in terms of my whakapapa, um, but born and bred here in, um, in Christchurch. Um, what do I do? I, I guess like all of us here today, I do a lot of things. So I'm an engineer by trade, a prof professional engineer, but I'm also a professional director. Um, and I'm really interested in this concept of collective leadership and how it pertains to governance. Kia ora. Kia ora, Awesome. Janelle, over to you. Oh, tēnā koe au o te rākia koutou katoa. Uh, he uri tēnei no tainui waka, no whaenga roa ahau, engare pākekeana au ki o tautahi. Uh, ko Janelle Ricky Waka tōku ingoa. Um, ko au tētahi o ngā kaiwhakahaere te kamupini o Ricky Consultancy. Um, ko tētahi o, o oku pōtai. Um, kia ora koutou. Uh, I'm Janelle, and um, we're lots and lots of Kōtai, but um, like Sina, I'm really excited about this kōrero um, and what we can each bring to it. Uh, one of my roles that's fairly pertinent to collective leadership, I guess, is, is of the co-chair of the Digital Equity Coalition Aotearoa. Uh, so working daily in a uh, co uh, leadership space. So I'm really keen to have a bit more of a quarter all about that. So kia ora, e mihiana. Kia ora, kia ora Janelle. And over to you, Lee. Uh, tēnā koe, Ali. Um, kia ora koutou katoa i te whānau. Uh, ko Lee Timu Timu tōku ingoa, uh, he wiri hau no Ngāti Awa, Ngāi Te Rangi Tūhoi me Ngāti Parau. Uh, I tipi mai o ki whakatāne. Engari tēnei wā, Kei kirikiriro ahau e nohoana. Kia ora everyone, uh, my name's Lee. Um, I was born on the, in the Eastern Bay of Plenty in a coastal town called Whakataone. Uh, my family still lives there, raised by my mum and her family. I'm also a proud husband and father, so four kids, um, which keeps me busy most days. Uh, I wear many potai like everyone else around the virtual tepu, um, but mostly I guess I roll in the Māori Digitech space, um, supporting the community um, and also supporting Māori community seeking to be empowered through technology. Um, so yeah, really uh, humbled to be here today to share some kōrero um, and yeah, looking forward to getting into it. Kia ora. Oh, love it, love it. Kia ora bro, kia ora bro. Um, thank you so much for being here today. Um, he uri ahau no Ngāti Tamate Rā, Ngāti Raukawa, uh, tūhoi, uh, parau, puhi, uh, ko so we're just going to kick off uh, into this kōrero because it is a big kōrero um, and we're going to try and do our best to, to condense things down, but at the same time um, actually have a conversation as well. So we're going to kick off with uh, our first question. Um, and we're actually going to start with you, Janelle, if that's all G. Um, we, the question is, 
who are the collective we speak of um, and what does the collective mean to you? So kia ora, Janelle. Koe. Who are the collective? Those who turn up to do the mahi with a tea towel in hand, I think, is the collective. So um, for me, uh, the collective are those that have um, some skill and some expertise in a myriad of different places and um, a passion to, to work and serve others. Uh, I think that's that's who the collective is. And um, depending on the kaupapa uh, that we're each sort of engaged in is depending on who the kaimahi of the day will be. Um, there is always a need for somebody to make cups of tea. So it's not actually always expertise um, dependent. You know, you can just come with a lot of passion for the kaupapa and know nothing about it and still be an integral part of the team of the collective. So uh, for me, the collective are, are those who are ready and willing to roll up their sleeves and, and serve others uh, and contribute contribute to us all having a, 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 better, a better community, really. Aira. And you know what that reminds me of? Mum, uh, where we're all on the marae and mum saying, don't forget to wash those tea towels. It's just as important to have a clean tea towel, eh? Because the tea towel's always been used. So she always used to get me out the back to wash the tea towels. And that uh, mm. lets you know, you know, how important um, each part is of, of that, of the marae. Kia ora, kia ora. Lee, who are the collective to you? Yeah, I guess um, collective to me means community. Community means shared values. And uh, with shared values, um, normally, you know, you're, you're, you're a part of a collective that's on the same waka with shared objectives or all the same goals and visions. So, um, but um, I guess practically speaking, myself, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a member, I'm an active member of the Māori digital, uh, digital tech community. Um, very active, actually. And I'm also... Um, the collective to me is not only the community that I'm a member of, but it's also the communities that we seek to serve through um, empowerment, you know, through this thing called technology. So it's still a very, I guess, a new thing to our Māori communities and also Pacific communities as well, if I might just add. Mm. Um, and there's not enough of us in that community. So a lot of the work that I do and, and others um, on, on the school um, really seeks to um, inspire our uh, communities, uh, educate our communities, um, and really just, I think technology and innovation helps to amplify um, the goals and aspirations that we have as, as communities. And so to me, collective means community, and that's a, a very important, you know, um, part of, of my world anyway, because not only am I um, a member of that community, I'm also, uh, I guess, uh, a leader, although it's, it, it makes me uncomfortable to say that. <laughs> I, I, I find being um, being called a leader makes me quite uncomfortable, but that's probably coming up with the next set of questions around humility, etc. But yeah, if that makes sense. Humarie, humarie, I feel that, I feel that. Kia See, Sina, what are you, what's your thought process on, on collective, who the collective is? It was awesome just listening then to Janelle and Lee because I was going down my list of notes. I was like, oh yeah, tick, 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 tick. <laughs> so, so much resonance, hey. Um, for me, the collective is, it's loosely defined and it's flexible and, and it's dynamic. It's like you said, Janelle, it's kind of who shows up, who, who's in the room. Um, I see it as groups of people with shared 
values and you know for me that means we need to have aligned personal values um, and aligned kind of social values as well so my personal values tend to skew towards equity um, and the work that I do tends to sit most passionately with restoring that equity balance um, and that encompasses of course Māori Pacifica and, and our community but also sometimes other groups as well so I've, I've basically I'm saying I've got a real soft heart for the underdog um, and anyone who sort of shares that shares that value is going to be part of my collective for sure. Um, sometimes an interesting thing that I've found in the kinds of collective groups that I work in, sometimes it's unexpected the people that you find who have share those values. Eh? Um, and what I found is that a lot of us, we all kind of want the same things, most of us do, but we disagree sometimes on what the best way to get there um, and the fairest way to get there too. So um, for me collective is Who's there? What are we trying to do? Shared purpose, shared values, for sure. Kia ora, kia ora, Sina. Um, I don't have a lot to add. I was going down my list of notes that I've got here on my left-hand screen, and it's tick, 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 tick as well. Um, the one thing that does stick out to me um, that maybe I can add on to the corridor is it's also about the people who aren't there and the voices who aren't there. I think you fellas uh, mean that as well, but I just want to bring that um, and highlight that to the table. I notice that a lot within, um, especially in um, my leadership roles in governance, it is definitely um, giving voice to the voiceless um, around that table. And so they are definitely a massive part of the collective. Um, I tend to think in terms of ecosystems, um, primarily um, because of how um, natural and nature works in general. Um, it doesn't leave anybody out um, in that space um, in, in, in nature. And I feel the same way about our collective and our ecosystems that we are working in every day. So um, kia ora, I think that um, they were beautiful answers. Going now into question number two, um, Building upon that conversation, what does leading as part of a collective mean to you? So what, what does leadership look like for you um, and for others who are leading around you within the collective? What does that look like to you at the moment? And I'm actually going to throw this one over to you, Lee, to, to start us off. Kia ora. Kia ora. And I think I <clears throat> sort of um, previewed that in my previous uh, response around leadership. I think um, I've got a couple here, but I'm not going to, uh, I want to leave some um, space for Kōrero and Whakaro for um, my um, guest speakers. Um, I think the number one for me is leading with humility. There's so many uh, Western and sort of capital capitalists, uh, particularly in tech, you know, with the global tech conglomerates, a lot of people sort of look at these people and hold them in high stead and 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 whatnot. But I, I I feel like there's a there's a lack of humility within a lot of that type of leadership, and that stuff doesn't resonate with me anyway. So, uh, and as I mentioned before, uh, it makes me uncomfortable to be called a leader. But I I accept that I am a thought leader within the Māori tech community and. And some might even say visionary, but you know, these are all really uncomfortable sort of, you know, titles and they make me like really like uncomfortable. But um, you know, we just have to accept these um leadership roles um because ultimately we have to lead our people, we have to lead our communities. And the way that I 
and the types of leadership that I res that resonate with me are obviously um, humadi, people that are very humble, people that lead by example, and people that lead from the side and the back rather than from the front. Um, even though you end up in the front often, uh, which is the case uh, for myself often. Um, yeah, I think just uh, remembering um, how we were raised as well culturally, um, very whanau-centric, you know, very family-oriented and um, with our, our, our elders being really important to that whānau system. So, you know, and having those values of, you know, uh, you don't always have to be up front, you don't always have to be, you know, speaking, and you can be um, at the back, um, you know, drying the dishes or cooking the food or contributing to the to the totality of the kaupapa or the event that you might be participating in. So, yeah, really, I think uh, I have a strong, strong steer towards uh, humble or who you know, leadership with humility. Aye, aye. Feeling those kumara, eh, bro? you got to gotta be doing that. That's really important. Awesome choices. What about you, Sina? What's your, what's your thought process? Oh, so much the same, eh? Um, so much the same. Uh, I think um, for me, definitely humility. When I see somebody being um, humble, um, immediately I trust because I, I don't know if it's it's a culture thing or if it's just a character thing, but um, and and that's how I'd like to think that people see me as well. Um, and, and I think it's a, it shows I don't know it shows that that you're aware that you're part of something much bigger than yourself. Um, for me as well, I think a flexible um, leadership is collective leadership. Um, so being able to be self-aware, understand how you fit into to, uh, this particular kaupapa. And it might not be at the front. In fact, I prefer, like you, Lee, I prefer it. I prefer to be right at the back. That's my happy space. But sometimes it will require you to be at the front, you know, and you need to have the, um, I, I guess, the, the courage to do that and the, the find the strength in yourself and the trust in yourself to do that when it's called on. Um, so, yeah, I think very much along the same lines as what Lee was saying. That's what it is for me. Awesome. Sure to see. Jay. Kia Man, I, I'm so, just, can I just say I'm learning heaps from just this corridor as well, but, um, and I think we, we all have similar thoughts. So immediately my head goes to um, leading a collective, I guess, in the first instance means you need to really deeply understand those in the collective community that you're leading and their expertise and their passions and their abilities, because genuinely leading a collective means you know when to step aside um, and ensure that others get to steer through the, the part of the journey that's, that they are actually well equipped to steer us through. Um, so, so in the first instance, it's being able to identify those that should take the lead and when they should take the lead. And the second part of it, I was thinking about, I guess, the fact that um, good leaders grow good leaders. And, you know, our ancestors would identify leaders sometimes from birth, you know, and, and um, our tamaiti were often groomed into leadership roles because it was identified either through whakapapa um, or through just their uh, immersion of skill and expertise in an area. And so they were honed and developed into those leadership roles and, and, and they were not afraid to pivot when they needed to, for whatever reason, if, if it turned out another leader emerged that might have been better equipped for the role. So I think um, leading a collective is about growing um, a collective full of leaders. That, that's the shortest answer I can give. 
Beautiful, beautiful. I love it. Um, I think uh, I was just doing a, a recent study on the um, topuhi, the chosen, which were these children, these um, tamariki that were chosen. Um, in the old days, there was like a, a different way of looking at things than now. So the whare wānanga taught the tōhunga to recognise the place and context of everything in the world. And uh, when the children of the pā um, reached a certain age, they were taken by the tōhunga to different parts of their environment to see who they were connected to. And I, I really love, um, I've been really loving learning about that, um, how uh, our old ways and then thinking about how we're leading and um, how we're looking at succession um, today, utilising that those that old way, those old ways of thinking, and it's it's really exciting. Um, a lot of the stuff that you've said, I've already got here as well. Um, modularity and leadership, knowing where we go, step back, step forward. Um, Ali doesn't always need to be out the front. You know, um, I, I don't I, I don't always want to be leading, and that's that's the thing about it. We don't always have to be in that front. Uh, and I think that's really important. Understanding that the co-papa is greater than myself has been a, a really big part of um, of my journey. Um, is in that leadership in those leadership spaces. And then I, I had another cordial here about succession, which Janelle has already hit on. So I actually don't need to be part of this cordial. I think I'll just stay here and ask the questions. So yeah, yeah, now nah, case quite. So uh, question number three, we're getting through it. We're getting through it. So what are some of the challenges and honest challenges? What are some of the challenges that you face in collective leadership? And we're going to start. Uh, we're going to start with you, Sina. What are some of the challenges that you face? Uh, all right. Well, um, I guess um, one big challenge I find in, in governance, especially, but also thinking of my background in managing construction projects, is um, giving people the time, giving the collective the time to come to a consensus. A lot of the time, in the kind of frameworks that we operate in, and the kind of business systems that we operate in. There's always everything's urgent, everything's critical, everything's got a deadline, um, and you guys know as well as I do. You know, if, if you're um, if we're having a talanoa in Samoa about something that's really important, we give people time. Like nothing is actually more important than the giving people the time to come to the right decision and for everyone to feel heard and part of that decision too. Mm. Um, and so that's something that I really struggle with too. Um, yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about Indigenous um, leadership too much, but um, but that would be a big thing um, for me that I find. I think it's beautiful. And I think now more than ever, um, as we're utilising um, and returning to, to bringing our Indigenous um, practices through, you know, we're starting to talk about what's the vision for 150 years from now. So, you know, 150 years takes time. It, every, all these things take time. They don't take three years. Some of the big major changes don't take a three-year political period, you know. So it's it's giving that time to make informed decisions is so very important um, in these spaces. So kia ora, Sina. Beautiful. Um, and uh, Janelle, your whakaro, what's your thoughts on this? Where my head goes to first, and I've said this quite a few times um, in some of the work that I do, particularly with non-Māori organisations, um, because this is really, really important for them to understand. Um, Māori serve Māori first, always. 
And what I mean by that is that um, we are Māori and we serve our whānau and our iwi and our hapu first and foremost. Um, and that means that we are constantly being challenged in, um, in who we answer to, essentially. And, and I guess to give you a really valid example is if something's not going so great in our workplace, we will hear about it at the Maraihui or on the side of the Netball Court. Our whanaunga will hold us accountable for that. Um, and, and rightfully so, because we're Māori in those fast spaces. And so they have expectations of us. Right. And the, the challenge, I guess, for us is that we have to serve our nannies before we serve our boss, because we're going to be Māori forever. Um, and that's just how that happens. So that's a challenge we navigate on the daily. And to be honest, how that um, can be epitomised, I guess, in one sentence is maintaining our whakapapa and our Māori tanga within systems that weren't designed for us to act in ways conducive with being Māori uh, and, and still being able to turn up to the shared kai or the whānau reunion and hold our head high because of the work that we do outside of the whānau. So that's a constant challenge and it's one that I really deeply want non-Māori organisations to realise that their Māori staff members are grappling with on the daily and how do they support them with that. So, yeah, that would be my biggest challenge. There's lots, but that's the one I want to call it all about the most, I think, at the moment. You know, that reminds me of my niece, a niece's, my niece's comment. This was a, a month or so ago, and she said, I think my boss thinks that he's the boss of my life. And I, I just, it's a summary. And I was like, well, he's not the bossy life. And he goes, because I had, I had to do a thing for mum. So I just, I'm, I hear you. Um, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. Beautiful kōrero. Lee. Oh. Um, yeah, if I can just offer a perspective as a, from a, as a small business owner and also as a, I guess, a practitioner within the Māori Digitech community. Um, for me, a challenge is working in the Western capitalistic paradigms, basically, and I think um, we've all kind of referenced that, um, and Jay just mentioned it just earlier. Um, I think this tension between culture versus capitalism, and if I can reframe that as values-driven versus commercial-driven, I think as a business owner, you know, you're running a business, so you got to make money to run the bloody business so so there's always I, I live with this challenge daily and it's 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 you know it's trying to grapple with that challenge is, is always interesting but I think for me what it, what it shows me is that often Māori and Pacifica um, communities and leaders and also um, uh, business owners as well we grapple with that challenge uh, regularly consistently and how we overcome uh, that challenge, um, you know, is obviously, um, yeah, it's really quite difficult to navigate that sort of um, that landscape. I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, you know, sometimes your values um, don't often align with the commercial imperatives of the business itself, and that's that can apply. Uh, equally to uh, if you're a leader within a collective or within a community where you kind of have to try and balance up these tension, the, the, the tension and try and get that sort of happy middle ground because often we, and this is unfortunate, but sometimes we have to um, give up a little to gain a, 
a bit more, a little bit further down the track, if you know what I mean. And it's not like we're giving up our capable, our value, or our values or, or our aspirations. But you know, sometimes you just kind of have to navigate that very tricky uh, and difficult path to, in order to get to where we want to eventually. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that that takes a little bit of getting used to because you know sometimes you think, well, am I giving up on what I'm, you know, am I giving up on what I believe in, or am I just sort of uh, making a compromise now so that I can, um, you know amplify what I want to in, in the future. So I suppose for me, it's quite difficult living in a system that wasn't designed by us. Um, and that's right across the board. It's not just in, in, in tech, it's not just in, uh, in engineering, it's not just in environmental, it's not just in you know commerce, it's right across the board, health, you name it. So often we are challenged with having to fit into a system that was not designed by us and was not designed for us. Mm. I just wanted to leave that sit there for a couple of seconds because um, I think many of us in, in, in many of us feel the same way. So kia ora both for that. It's, um, um, I feel that every day. One of the challenges that I've, I've, I'm facing, I think we all face it, um, is that bridging, is the bridging between um, Um, sometimes two worlds, sometimes three worlds, sometimes multiple worlds, all knowing that we want to move towards kotahitanga. But people, um, but it's, it's, it's hard to be consistently within those two worlds because you have an understanding of one and I'm, and um, for my journey, I'm developing a better understanding of, um, of te ao Māori. So I've spent all these years in that, um, in that um, commercial um, um, Western um, framework and thought process, even though been going on to the marae every so often with mum and dad, going home, doing all of that, but now only in my 40s, really, really exploring and getting involved with tikanga, doing the iwi mahi, and now truly developing a better um um, lens and understanding into who we are as Māori and Indigenous to and Indigenous peoples. So that that's a massive challenge um, that I know not not just myself faces, but many of us face, um, and how we navigate all of that as we um, as we shift. And as so many things are throwing at us, and we're doing this shift, and we're taking our own hikoi and our own journey in this. And, and which is aiding us in our own identity as we move forward. Um, I find that um, challenging, but worth the challenge, worth the hikoi. So um, yeah, I'll leave that there. Not long to go now, um, Fano. Uh, so let's go on to our, our question, uh, Fa. So do you have an example of shared purpose in your current portfolio of leadership mahi? And um, I'm actually going to start um, with you, Lee, um, and go back around the circle. So do you have an example for us? Yeah, yeah thank you. I guess the most practical and current example would be as the um, <clears throat> founder Kaihotu of Te Matarau, the Māori Tech Association, um, of which uh, Ali and, and Janelle are both members and are indeed supporting me and driving that waka forward. But basically, 
Um, the association was pulled together last year. It's really a, a like-minded community uh, that sort of seeks to connect up, coordinate a lot of our efforts across the board, uh, and also, um, you know, create collaboration opportunities as well. I think key words are shared purpose. I think that's what makes us stick, and that what that's what's obviously um, enabled us to gravitate towards this ropu or this association and yeah that's a really practical example I think of shared purpose and it makes a huge difference when you've got other people that are sharing the purpose and values that you have. Beautiful beautiful and we look forward to having uh, our next kōrero with you Liri uh, Te Matarau as well so kia ora and what about you Sina have you got an example for yourself? Yeah I mean um what comes to mind, uh, I guess, uh, as a daughter of the Pacific, um, is uh, servant leadership, right? That's the, the style of leadership that, that I think most of us tend to practice, uh, which means that the, the, um, the philosophy that you bring to your work is infused with that value. So if I think about governance work, you know, in, in terms of serving on boards, I will tend to say I serve on boards even if it's a paid role, rather than I sit on a board, because that's how I see, that's that's how I frame my role in that space. Um, governance is inherently collective, right? You're part of a group by definition, even if it's just a small group. Um, and regardless of what, whatever function the organisation has, your group, your purpose as a group is to understand the purpose of the organisation and then sort of bring together and resolve multiple priorities, multiple interests, multiple impacts on multiple people um, and navigate through that. And I think that that is something that comes quite naturally to people who've uh, got a, I don't know, indigenous um, philosophy, I suppose, because that's just, you, you know, in Samoa, we talk about to leva, which means look after the relationships first. And that's exactly what you're doing in, in that space. Um, so even if it's a, a for-profit company working in a capitalist system, the way that you operate in that room is a very much a shared purpose, co-papa. I think. Mm -hmm. um, off on the other side of it, I guess um, some of the other work I do is research, right? You know, I've just finished a PhD and continuing to do research, even though I do that as an individual. Um, again, the, the idea around the purpose of that research and who will benefit from it and even the way that I do it is very much a shared purpose mahi. So rather than observing like a tr traditional scientist, you know, Western scientists would observing and measuring, um, I actually talk to people and um, look to bring their voices, their experiences and, and, and their, their worlds uplifted through my research for, the, for their benefit. Awesome. What was the name of that research? I know the name of it, but what was the name of that research, um, Sina? I've just got a working title at the moment. It's to, to do with decolonising the construction industry. Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. <laughs> I just wanted to put that on blast. Um, Jay, sis? I'm going to take a, a slightly different perspective on that on the apartheid and just kind of zoom the microscope out a wee bit because there's been a really common thing comes through in all of our corridor today and that is um, genuinely about decolonizing and re-indigenizing and, and, and all of our parts that we're playing in that. So I think our shared purpose is re-indigenizing if we're indigenous um, and uh, and part of re-indigenizing is decolonizing the systems and processes by which we need to work in. So um, when people ask me what I do and what my why is, I answer the same way every time. I serve Māori 
by supporting non-Māori to know better and do better. That's what I believe I do every single day. Um, and I do a lot of work in the Tiriti education and cultural competency space with non-Māori organisations. Um, and my job in that space, I believe, is to serve Māori by telling our story to them and helping them see the bias that is in place in the structures and systems that they are continuing to perpetuate without knowing. You know, so they had, I believe there's a, in most cases, there's a genuine desire for people to work with, with Māori, iwi, hapu in our Pacific communities. Like they want to work with us. They don't know how, and they don't see the same barriers because they're not looking through the same lens as we are. So we're actually going to need to point that out. Um, so for me, really, I think that our shared purpose is re-indigenizing. Uh, and that's what I get out of bed every single day to do and um, and serve my people and the people of Aotearoa through that space. So, yeah, I'm taking a bit of a wider lens, but I, I believe it's our shared purpose and why we're probably all here today, right? Love it. Tau toko, that is why we're all here today. Love it, love it, love it. Um, my answer is quite simple. Um, as I move into any space, I look for the shared purpose first. In some of the spaces that I move into, that purpose hasn't been um, established. And so I aid in bringing that into the space. And then I aid in connecting that purpose with other and the surrounding ecosystems in as well. And that generally will start with value alignment. So um, I just, um, I hear I hear you fellas on your, your corridor. Um, I love it. Um, I'm there with you, just beautiful. Now to wrap up this corridor, because I know some of you, you you're also busy, very, very busy people. But to wrap it up, I am going to ask the, the last question because I think it's important. To be honest, as I am I about as I'm about to ask this question, I think we've had examples drop throughout the whole of this corridor um, from us. But in summary, if you could summarize, what lessons from indigenous leadership um, do you think today's leaders can take away? And we are going to start with where we uh, began. So, Sina? Yeah, I think I kind of said it before. I, I believe that servant leadership is um, true collective leadership. That is when you're placing the purpose of the group above your own interests. Uh, and that is when good decisions are made. So, um, I think that that style of leadership, you know, which is very prevalent in many indigenous cultures, um, is a style that I would like to see, you know, uh, Western organisations embrace a bit more. Um, and also, um, I, I guess, to listen more. You know, we, we all know, growing up when you um, when you're little, you do a lot of the mahi, right? You you don't speak that much. You listen to your elders. You hear. You learn you observe and, and you serve. And as you as you grow older, you take that humility and those lessons with you. And I think and that can inform a really powerful practice when you get to the kind of level, you know, that those of us on that call are at, where you're in boardrooms, where you're in, where you're leading organisations um, change. That kind of um, compassion for relationships, um, that understanding of, other pe of the value of relationships with other people that you're leading um, is really powerful. So I think there's a lot that Western leadership could learn from Indigenous leadership for sure. Absolutely amazing answer. Thank you, Sina. Appreciate that. It's beautiful. Uh, Lee? 
Yeah, I love I love that um, yeah. for Karo. <clears throat> I think for me, um, yeah, I think taking a holistic perspective is critical, especially uh, now uh, with the uh, impacts on our environment, the Taiao, and also climate change, which is very real. I think, um, yeah, Indigenous leadership can contribute definitely because we do take to tie over the environment and, and, and to, and to include in our in our planning um, so not just people which is obviously really critical and important but also the environment and you know we've managed to as indigenous peoples to operate within the environment for a long time so uh, I just said this to someone the other day, but I, I truly believe that it will be Indigenous solutions that will solve many of the uh, environmental issues and climate change challenges that we have today. So, tau toko, tau toko, kia ora, kia ora. And Janelle? Uh, yeah, totally, totally. The first word I wrote down was service, and, and Sina, you know, said it, worded it beautifully. I think um, we serve, we serve others, and we lead with that service to the forefront of everything we do. Um, and it's interesting, the other thing I wrote down as I was thinking about the honour, we understand the honour of being a māngai or being a mouthpiece in Te Reo Māori or an advocate for those that are not in the room. Uh, we deeply feel the responsibility um, that comes with that and we understand the honour um, that it is to be able to sit in that space. And the last thing I wanted to mention, I think, is, um, you know, tikanga, kawa, uwara, Māori, mātāpono. So getting, um, getting, for us as Māori, getting a foot in the door is just step one. What keeps us in the, in the room is tikanga and kawa. It, it creates the conditions by which we will continue to thrive and work and collaborate and do all of those things. Um, it, it's really hard um, when everything's vanilla. It's mm. really hard for us to shine through with all of our colours. So tikanga and kawa and uara, we lead with people first. It's, mm. it's naturally ingrained into our DNA as Indigenous people to lead with people first. So we need to create um, environments that are conducive to people first, and that will be tikanga and kawa and values that are strongly aligned to the way we think and live and be. So, yeah. I don't have anything to add. The collective has spoken, and I think that um, uh, I'm just here um, in awe. I have learnt um, so many things of our, our after our kōrero today. Um, I'm, I'm here to totoko each and every one of you. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your your fakaro, your practice, um, and the amazing uh, the amazing things that that you do every day. Um, and I learn from you and many of my uh, many of the ecosystem and the collective uh, are here behind you um, if you ever you need us. So thank you for coming along. Just like to give a, um, a thank you also for Lumo um, for having us here, for platforming. There's this kōrero, this conversation. Um, it's important, um, this, this capturing these types of thoughts, feelings as, as we move through. Um, so thank you, Lumo, for that. So kia ora. Um, I'm now going to pass it over to Janelle, who is going to um, to give us to send us off and to finish our kōrero for today. Kia ora e hoa ma. Tēnā koe, um, Al. 
um, o ite te watahi katuku um, a tātou mehi ki a koutou um, o Lumau, ngā kaiwhakahaere o tēnei, um, o tēnei kōrero tēnā koutou, uh, nā koutou i huakina te kuaha mā tātou, um, hei, hei, hei whakapakari tēnei enei kaupapa mā tātou. Uh, nā reira tēnā koutou Lumau, um, kia koe au te kaiwhakataki o tēnei kōrero, um, tēnei wānanga o, o te rānei um, tēnā koe i hoa. Um, Ai, nui te aroha mau, um, kia, kia ki ngā kaupapa katoa te au, um, ko koe te ringa raupa o tēnā, nā reira, tēnā koe. O te rā, kia, kia um, tātou i te ruma nei ngā kai kōrero, kia koe sina, um, kōrua, ko lei, tēnā kōrua. Um, oh, yeah, ai, rauwe o kōrua um, kōrero i tēnei ahi ahi nā reira. Um, Ai, nui te mihi kia, kia kōrua hoki. Um, ai, tēnā pia ko te, ko te kupu, um, ko te kupu mutanga me hikoi tātou katoa i te aratika, me hikoi i te aratika i ngā wā katoa. Nā reida, um, ai, he kaupapa nui te mahi, uh, he kaupapa nui ake, um, te whānau, te hapu, uh, me te iwi. Me tū kaha koutou uh, i o koutou Māoritanga, um, uh, uh, whakapapa Pacifica anō hoki, ngā mea katoa, me tū kahana. Uh, nā reira, um, ai, i runga i te, te kaupapa, tēnā koutou katoa, Māori ora. <laughs>